The materials on this podcast are for informational and entertainment purposes only and are not intended to be a substitute for actual medical or mental health advice from a doctor, psychologist, or any other medical or mental health professional. Welcome to the Love Approach Project podcast. This is your host, Laura Gutierrez. And I want to welcome you to our second season together. During this season, you will get to listen to the interviews from my recent summit, Love in Times of Uncertainty, in which we focused on bringing you empowering resources, wisdom and tips that you can start using in your day-to-day -day life, and especially when you're going through challenging times. It is my intention that the 12 interviews from this second season support you and empower you in living the life that you deserve. Enjoy! Welcome to Love in Times of Uncertainty Virtual Summit. This is your host, Laura Gutierrez. And right now for this wonderful interview, we're going to be talking about nourishment for the mind, sorry, for the body and soul. And for this topic, I have a fantastic guest. Her name is Julia Pomaskina. And Julia is an Ayurvedic practitioner and herbalist. She runs her clinic, Sunrise Ayurveda, here in Sydney, in Lane Cove. So welcome, Julia. Thank you so much, Laura. It's such a pleasure speaking to you again and such a privilege to be part of your wonderful event. Thank you so much. Oh, my pleasure. I'm so happy that you are participating. We had such a good time uh, chatting last time for the podcast. So I thought it would be a great opportunity to bring more of the Ayurvedic wisdom to all this audience. So thank you. <laughs> Very excited to be sharing the Ayurvedic approach to life. Uh, with everybody and it's particularly important nowadays it's so so important yeah so thank you for the opportunity oh my pleasure so julia let's begin by chatting a little bit about you learning a little bit about you for those who haven't met you yet so who are you and how how do you get into ayurveda i came first to ayurveda in 2006 when i was traveling in india And I was staying in an Ayurvedic ashram, and uh, in, in a Vedic ashram, in fact, a, yo a yoga ashram. And there was a talk about Ayurveda that I went uh, to. And I had never heard, uh, I never heard about Ayurveda before. And then an Indian Ayurvedic doctor started talking about Vata Pitta Kapha and how each of, our, each of the um, doshas use energy in a different way. And it all kind of started making sense. So... It clicked then, and then when I came back to Sydney, I met a few Ayurvedic practitioners um, who helped me a lot, and I worked with them, and then I went to study Ayurveda at the Nature Care College, and then subsequently, I did an advanced diploma in Ayurveda with Dr. Ajit, um, who is a wonderful Ayurvedic doctor uh, based in New Zealand. So that's my Ayurvedic journey, Fantastic. and there's more than that, but that's... Yeah. yeah, lovely. Well, thank you for sharing that because uh, I'm sure people want to know, I, I mean, like, why is Julia talking about Ayurveda today? You know, <laughs> so it's nice to learn a little bit about you. So let's, let's go now into what is Ayurveda because some people know about it and some people don't. So it would be nice to just have a little definition. Of course. So Ayurveda, Veda, Vedic, Ayurveda, and Ayur, uh, Veda means knowledge, wisdom, 
science, and Ayu means life. So Ayurveda comes from uh, the Vedic body of knowledge, which comes from India. But of course, it contains such universal truths that it does not only belong to India, but for the whole world. And it's so relevant now more than ever before to all of us to be healthy, particularly in our fast paced life. Um, you know, with, um, with all our ambitions and all our goals and all the requirements to be successful and overnourishment and overstimulation of senses. It's so, so important now. Wow. So uh, just in a couple of sentences, Ayurveda comes back. Um, Ayurveda originally um, was um, passed on from the ancient Vedic scholars and doctors to their disciples in the form of shlokas or uh, verses. And then subsequently it was written down. Um, and now we have the most known Ayurvedic texts, Charaka Shushruta, uh, um, Ashtanga Hridaya, um, Charaka Samhita, Ashtanga Hridaya, and um, Ayurveda also used to have a lot of branches as well. And now, um, relevant to the topic of our conversation, um, um, there is a very important branch of Ayurveda called rejuvenation. Ooh, and we're going to be talking a little bit about that. <laughs> about that, yes. Fantastic. So you have mentioned in our former conversation uh, three different concepts that are very important to the Ayurvedic, um, let's say, knowledge of like wisdom or, or view. So what are those concepts and why are they important? Well, before we start talking about rejuvenation or nourishment of the body, the mind, the soul, it's very important to understand three concepts in Ayurveda. Mm -hmm. And the first concept is prana, mm -hmm. right? So a lot of people must have heard about prana and prana actually is the vital force. It's the life force. Uh, and the more prana we have, the more vital we are. And if we feel fatigue, if we're down, lethargic, um, we're lacking prana. So the easiest way to explain prana is if you think of an apple or a little baby, they're nice, plump and juicy and uh, smiley, they're full of prana. That's why everybody wants to hug the babies and be with the babies, right? Uh -huh. And then um, as for the apple or for the baby, many decades, for the apple, a few months pass by and the apple shrivels, it loses prana. And then once we age, our bodies shrivel, we lose prana. So prana is a very important concept in terms of, of self-nourishment. Okay. So we get prana from the air and from the food in the, in, in, so that's most available to us. We also get prana in subtle forms from the earth and from the heavens, but that's more of a subtle kind of prana, right? And um, the signs that we are lacking prana are tiredness, lethargy. So if you find it difficult to get up in the morning, mm -hmm. if you have a mid-afternoon energy slump, you're lacking prana, that's, that's losing prana. Mm -hmm. um, overworking, um, overstimulation, overeating all also lead to prana depletion as well. Mm -hmm. The second important concept is, is that uh, is that clear? Yeah? yeah, and it's so it's so good the way you described it with the apple. You know, it's like oh my goodness, yes, of course, it loses that life energy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's prana, and prana is very closely related to nourishment. So the next concept is AMA, A-M-A. 
And in simple terms, AMA is toxicity of the body in the form of undigested food matter, clogging up our gut um, and eventually overspilling, oozing from our gut into the blood and eventually being transported all over the body, lodging in the organs. That's the process of AMA. AMA can be physical, it can be mental and emotional. And the easiest way for you to identify if you have AMA or not is to have a look at your tongue. If your tongue is congested, if there is fur growing on your tongue, if there is coating, white, greenish, grayish, yellowish, that's the forms of armor. Um, for you to feel if you have armor or not, if you are tired, if you're lacking prana, um, if you have any health conditions, that or if you suffer from premature aging, there is there is almost you know a certain chance that you have a fair degree of armor in the body. Right. Yeah. Or maybe not. Maybe, maybe you Or maybe on the positive side you you're full of energy and you don't have any armor. So that's that's what we're aiming for, right? Yeah. I think many people are gonna be looking at their tongues in the mirror very soon. <laughs> in the mirror that's that's a good visual tool and, and the last concept that i'm going to introduce today is the concept of agni okay. agni in sanskrit means fire right so agni is our ability to digest food and life experiences as well in terms of the body it takes um shape it, it in the body it is enzymes, hydrochloric acid, it's our pancreatic juices, everything that's transforming the food um, into the tissues of our body, essentially, right? So Agni, a secretion of neurotransmitters on the nervous system level. Um, Agni, again, is dampened by overconsumption, right? Both mental, emotional, and physical Agni, and underconsumption as well, right? So we, just, we need to train Agni in a certain way wow. for, for our digestive system and for our mind to function in the optimal capacity. Mm -hmm. yeah? That's very important. So in Ayurveda, we want to look after our prana, we want to look after our Agni, and we don't want too much Ama. And that's important. <laughs> and that's important when we talk about nourishment. That's important when we talk about nourishing our body. Well, thank you for sharing those three concepts. I wasn't aware of them. I mean, I was aware of Agni because we had chatted about that in the, in the interview that we had for the podcast. But uh, it, it makes it very clear as to what are the things that we need to pay attention to when it comes to feeling energized and, and being able to be, you know, like alive. <laughs> That's a very good observation, Laura, because if you think about it, if you think about nourishment, right? If you take, say you're cooking the food, right? That if you take an old um, pan that's not washed and it's dirty and you put fresh food into it and you want to nourish it, you put all the best organic food, is it gonna be a good meal? No, because it's gonna be mixed with God knows what. Maybe you haven't washed that pan for a week and there's mold growing in it. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what happens in our bodies. <laughs> yeah, when we talk about, yeah, when we talk about nourishment, it's important to understand that when you have too much of undigested stuff in the body, we need to digest it first. Mm -hmm. We need to we need to digest the armor with the right diet, with the right herbs, and maybe see an Ayurvedic practitioner as well, or you know whatever whatever route you choose to take. 
before you start putting the nourishing substances in. So that's that's a very important concept to know that are both for the body, but also for the mind and for the soul, right? So don't consume too much. Take time to digest. Don't undernourish, but don't overnourish as well. Don't eat too much. Don't eat uh, before the previous meal has been digested. Wow. Don't buy the 50th book before you read the previous one. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> Lovely. Well, now that you have explained that, then what if we go into what is the Ayurvedic view of um, nourishment? So the Ayurvedic view of nourishment or what Ayurveda calls rejuvenation or Rasayana okay. um, is very interesting. In fact, it's a, it's a it's a standalone branch of Ayurveda on its own that looks at what foods to eat, for example, and what daily actions to perform and what herbal medicines to take to specifically nourish the body tissues, to specifically um, um, increase vitality, energy, um, uh, enthusiasm, prolong life, anti-aging, so they, they, that's a specific branch as we said before it's important um, never ever rejuvenation or rasayana is attempted on a person um, full of toxicity or armor yeah. right like mm. putting organic food into a pan where mold grows kind of <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> that sounds terrible <laughs> that's exaggerating but i'm using visual concepts right it's good, it's good. <laughs> um, the next important thing um, to understand is um, the concept of Ayurvedic daily regimes and I want to talk about it with, uh, about it with regards to the nourishment okay, they're very very closely connected yeah mm -hmm. perfect uh, now I want to talk about the concept of Dina Charya Dina daily Charya actions regimes routines okay this is the key concept of Ayurveda Right, and that key concept teaches us that um, we humans um, and our physical selves, at least, are part of this world, a part of nature. We are part of nature. We are made up of the elements the earth is made up of, right? Um, so it's very important to align yourself with the rhythms of the nature, with the planetary rhythms, right? Uh, with the pla with the planetary rhythm of, rhythms of our solar system, the sun, the moon, and all other planets. That's paramount importance. If that doesn't happen, no health is possible. So how does Ayurveda? There is also another concept in Ayurveda, interestingly, um, and that um, that runs in parallel with the modern energetic health and energy healing teachings. Yeah. And it's this, the holographic universe or the principles of the microcosm and, ma microcosm and macrocosm manifest themselves in the daily rhythms as well. So if you take a day, right, um, a lot of traditions, not only Ayurveda, all spiritual traditions teach us that it's a mini death. When we, when we fall asleep at night, we are going through a mini death. We're not conscious right and in the morning we should wake up and we should give thanks that you know we woke up from the sleep right so in ayurveda ayurveda looks at the day as a mini life 
right? Okay. And your whole life can be transposed onto the day. Before the sunrise, so when the sun rises, you are born, right? Okay. Before the sunrise, um, you're in the womb, you're, you're being prepared to born, okay. to be born. Yeah. So if you get up in the morning before sunrise and do your spiritual practices in the morning before sunrise, you actually process 1,000 times more of the karmas, if you wish. Mm -hmm. um, or um, you process um, the emotional, mental, and other footprints from your early, early childhood or even when you were in the womb of your mother. So that's what Ayurveda teaches us. That's what happens on a subtle level. On a physical level, it's also very important to get up before sunrise in Ayurveda as well for many, many aspects. That's a very important aspect of the daily routine, right? So then as the day progresses, we get into the active phase. The sun is up, just like in our 20s, 30s, and 40s, the sun is up. We're active, we're ambitious, we want to achieve. And then slowly towards the evening, we want to wind down. We want to let go. And that's what happens later in the life. What should healthily happen. You know, uh -huh. when we want to let go more and more of the physical world and be introspective and, uh -huh. and, and, and get into the wisdom and, and share and impart that wisdom unto others. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And uh, minimize the activities late in the day. And early to bed, of course, because if we want to get up before sunrise, sleep is very important. We want to get the right sleep. So talking about nourishment of the body and the soul, yeah. one of the best things you can do is to go to bed early and to get up early. Early to bed, early to rise makes the man healthy, wealthy and wow. wise. Wealthy, karmas, you know, you even wow. elevate karmas. Wow. Um, so that's, 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 uh, a very good practice to do yeah. yeah fantastic thank you i think this one is a bit tricky nowadays because people are going to bed later and later and waking up let's say to go to work and just rush it and everything is yeah. just like it kind of like you're, you're not even starting your day well yeah yeah well be the change you want to see in the world right yeah. Uh, so if we are all complaining that things are too busy, that people are too overwhelmed, women are too overwhelmed, women's hormones are all over the place, yeah. then be the change you want to see in the world. And there will be a tipping point when there are enough people doing that, that that becomes the norm, right? Um, Self-nourishment, that's what it starts with. It doesn't start from eating one kilogram of goji berries. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, yeah, or like drinking only green juice, yeah. Hmm. Let's see you laughing, Laura. <laughs> um, so that's, that's one of the principles of daily routines that's very closely related to Arasayano rejuvenation. Mm -hmm. The next principle is our eating habits, yeah? Mm -hmm. So again, um, our digestion is based on our Agni, which is fire. The fire is very closely related to the energy of the sun. So, so saying that um, um, the quantity, the largest quantity of food um, should be your lunch, because that's when the power of digestion is up. That's when your agni is up. And the smallest, the smallest quantity of food should be your dinner, because that's when the sun energy goes down, the moon comes up, right? Um, the, 
so if you uh, swap these around and breakfast should be medium you know it shouldn't um, by the way, in terms of skipping meals, right? Um, Ayurveda doesn't favor fasting. Ayurveda doesn't favor any dramatic um, jolting measures, you know, at okay. all. Yeah. So if you're of kapha, kapha constitution, yes, maybe you can skip a meal here and there. If you're a vata constitution, it is not recommended at all, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So there's no one, one approach that, that fits everybody but this approach in terms of quantities of food and when to eat um applies to every single constitution okay. too often too often in my clinical ayurvedic practice um in my consultations i see patients um when i ask them the question when do you eat when or when yeah. do you go to bed and the answer is oh it depends it varies every day mm -hmm. right yeah. too often everybody oh it depends yesterday i had lunch at 12 um a day before at four in the afternoon and a day before whenever and then i went to bed at 12 or one and then the next day it's something else right yeah. Yeah. so when i hear the word it varies or it depends or it's different mm -hmm. that's you know that that's it's much easier to work with a person who would say oh i stably go to work late at midnight every day right yeah. yes it's wrong but they're stable in their conviction yeah. they're easy to bring to the balance right yeah they're much easier to bring to the balance if yeah. you if, if if you are varied or all over the place try to do the same things every day okay slow that habit over time okay. same same time to bed same time for breakfast lunch and dinner okay every day um and that's that's very, very important. And if, again, if you talk about self-nourishment and self-love, self-love doesn't hinge on eating two kilograms of ice cream. Self-love hinges on self-discipline, yeah. right? Okay. Without, um, without being too harsh on yourself, without criticizing or judging yourself, but gradually coaching yourself into, um, into good, healthy, sustainable for your health daily routines, right? Same time to bed each day, same time breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Yeah. So that's the best that you could really do for your health. So in terms of meals, um, medium breakfast, but yeah, for, for people of art and pitta constitution, a breakfast is a must. Mm -hmm. Kapha, you know, it's, it's a good habit to have it, but um, it depends on what stage they're at. Um, large lunch. If you have a large dinner, that means you are not eating enough for lunch. You're eating lunch on the go, something quick, you know, and then you're feeling your um, tummy in the evening, and then you're going to bed one and a half, two hours after that. You stand no chance of digesting that food properly. And over 10, 15 years, that, that all accumulates and weakens the channels. Wow, that is that is so interesting because like in Colombia where I come from, that's the way, or at least in my home, that's the way we always ate. We had a good breakfast, a big lunch, and dinner was small. And then when I moved to Australia, and my well, my husband is from Ireland, and so we our customs are different. I got used to the other way, right? Small lunch, big dinner. And at the beginning, it was hard for me to adjust to that. And now I'm thinking, oh wow, I'm gonna have to go back to my other ways of eating yeah. not 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 
not back straight away tomorrow because that's stressful for the body as well but build it over the next few weeks you know slowly increase the quantity of your lunch and decrease the quantity of dinner and it's challenging to a lot of people because dinner is a social time when the family gets together of course right But still, still, you know, you can get together over a soup, you know, or a warming cup of herbal tea. But but, um, cheating the laws of nature is still cheating (laughs) the laws of nature, right? Yes. Um, Whether whether it's a local custom or not. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Lovely. And so, what what else are you sharing with us today? We're we're kind of like running out of time already. I cannot believe it. But okay, I'll share. I'll share a couple more things with you that yeah, you that can do as part of your personal Rasayana or nourishment practice. Perfect. And um, um, so one thing is Ayurveda really places a great emphasis on oils, on consuming the right oils mm-hmm. and on applying oils externally as well. Um, the great oil to consume and to cook with, Ayurvedically speaking, is ghee. Right, you can make yourself out of um, organic unsalted butter, very easy, or you can buy it in the shops. A bit more expensive if you buy it rather than make it yourself. Yeah. So one, two, three. Right, Julia, you teach how to make ghee. I do teach how to make ghee. Yes, that's right. Fantastic. So one to three teaspoons of ghee a day, depending on the constitution, is a good thing to have. Right. And it's not a good thing to consume cottonseed oils or other oils that a lot of restaurants and or all restaurants and takeaway is okay. used, for example. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, that's internal oilation and external oilation. Self-massage with, uh, with either black sesame oil for all constitutions and all seasons or coconut oil for pitta guys, particularly in summer, not in winter. Okay. Or... Ayurvedic oil, such as Mahanarayani oil or Danvantram oil, great oils nourishing for the nervous system, um, pacifying the, the, the psyche, the body, um, increasing the transmission of neurotransmitters in the body. Uh, another oil is Bala Ashwagandha oil, is a wonderful oil. It's, it's a, the, these oils are very safe. Balashwagandha oil is also recommended for baby massage as well. And um, Balashwagandha oil is wonderful for people who suffer from fatigue, who need to increase their stamina, need to improve their adrenal system. And all these oils have a lot of herbs in them, yeah? uh, active herbal compounds. Or for people with kapha constitution, I have a question about the massage. Um, like, would people just apply the massage everywhere in the body and leave it for a while? Or, or how does that work? Okay, I'll, I'll explain in a second. I'll just want to mention one more oil called trifolar oil, which is great for people of kapha type or with people who have um cellulite for example or audimo of any kind of thing or for women to do as a compress on the face to increase collagen production how do you spell spell that one trifala oil and t-r-i-p-h-a-l-a fantastic thank you yeah 
Trifala oil. Trifala. Yeah. Famous Ayurvedic preparation, uh, churna trifala, mm -hmm. trifala fruit, uh, and trifala, trifaladi oil um, is wonderful for that. Another beautiful oil for the face only, because it's very expensive, is kumkumadi oil. Mm -hmm. It's based on saffron, oh, a substance called yeah. saffron. Um, it's usually sold in very small um, uh, bottles. So again, you can apply it to the face as a rejuvenative. Oh, I, do. <laughs> <laughs> like, so beautiful. I, don't I don't know if I'm a good advert, but I use kumkumadi oil a lot. You do. You look gorgeous. <laughs> I would say any woman. Um, it's it's wonderful. It's rejuvenative. Any woman over 35, 40, it's a must. Okay. Um, <laughs> how do you do self-massage? Um, you warm up the oils. You never warm them in the plastic bottles. You transpose them onto glass bottles. You never ever warm up the plastic. Then you warm it by placing it into a jar with hot water. You apply it all over your body, generally speaking, for everybody, generally speaking, to the direction of your heart, right? Up the legs, okay. from the arms to the direction of the heart. Do your back as best as you can. If you have a partner who can support you in self-nourishment, he can do your back and shoulders. Um, you can apply most oils on the head safely um, as well. Um, but there are a range of oils recommended best for the head massage, but, but you can generally apply most of them on the head as well okay. or not. It's best to apply the oils before a bath or a shower okay. and then have a bath or a shower and then off you go. It's best to do it in the morning, but you can do it in the evening as well. Best to do it every day, but you can do it two, three days a week as well. Okay. <laughs> right? Like you can drive a Lexus and you can drive a Mazda. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thank you for that, other Rachel. <laughs> that yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a very self-nourishing practice. And in fact, um, I am totally convinced and I see it all over again in people who start practicing it, the, the quality of the body tissues improves dramatically. Wow. So by this practice alone, this is, this is rejuvenative and detoxifying on many, many levels. Mm -hmm. It's physical as well as subtle. So just by practicing that, you will increase your quality of life and you will improve um, your longevity for many, many years. I have no question and no doubt about that. Amazing. Thank you for sharing that, Julia. That sounds like so nourishing. Oof. It's a wonderful practice. It's nourishing both for women and men. It, uh, generally speaking, Western men are not that used to self-nourishment. Yeah. yeah. But this is a wonderful practice for every single person. And there are right oils for, for different constitutions. There are oils with stimulating herbal compounds for people with overweight or edema and um, stuff like that. There are oils that nourishing for the nervous system. They're wonderful, beautiful oils. So I would highly recommend, recommend this practice as your personal rejuvenate, rejuvenative or rasayana practice. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Lovely, Julia. And, and is there one last thing that you would like to share with us? We have two more minutes. <laughs> lastly, what I would like to share, yeah, what I would lastly like to share is a couple of um, Ayurvedic herbs, mm -hmm. yeah, which yeah. Um, have a beautiful rejuvenative 
uh, nourishing impact on the body and mind. The most well-known, I think, Ayurvedic herb is ashwagandha in that respect. Ashwagandha is translated um, as horse power, huh? right? <laughs> yeah. So it's very unctuous, nourishing herb. Um, you can take ashwagandha a quarter of a teaspoon twice a day. It's, it's great, particularly with people with um, compromised vitality, thyroid conditions, chronic fatigue. It's great for um, sexual virility, for example. Um, it's indirectly great for fertility and conception. It's a beautiful, unctuous herb, very nourishing for the body and mind. Ashwagandha, horsepower. Another beautiful Ayurvedic herb is Brahmi, mm -hmm. right? And Brahmi is considered one of the most sattvic or pure consciousness herbs. Wow. So all herbs have both physical and subtle impacts on the body and mind. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Brahmi is one of the purest herbs in that respect. Yeah. So Brahmi has direct affinity for the brain. It increases mental clarity, mental calmness. There's Brahmi Ayurvedic oil that's great to massage in your head because then it gets absorbed um, into the tissues, um, into the head tissues that goes through, um, gets absorbed into the brain as well. So um, Brahmi for, for mental clarity, mental balance, um, balancing the mind is a wonderful herb as well. Mm -hmm. um, two, um, I'd mentioned two Ayurvedic preparations that are wonderful rejuvenative preparations in Ayurveda and generally do not need a prescription from a qualified Ayurvedic practitioner. Okay. They mm -hmm. are safe for everybody to have and they're very well known, especially Chavan Prash. Okay. Yeah? Uh -huh. so Chavan Prash is a general immunity tonic and there is a little story if I um, can spare 30 seconds sure. and tell you a little <laughs> about Chavan Prash and its rejuvenative qualities. <laughs> we seem to be <laughs> laughing a lot today. So it's great to see you, Laura, laughing. So you might be laughing now as well. So Chavan is, an, uh, do you know who Chavan is? No, 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 I don't. Yeah. Okay, so that's a funny story. Chavan was an ancient um, Vedic sage, right? Very wise. Uh, he prayed and meditated all his life and um, lived to quite old age. I don't know what old age was in those days, three or 400 years. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so he was very old, wise, um, but he was old already, right? And then uh, the story goes that he fell in love with a very young and beautiful queen, lady, right? And he decided to marry her, <laughs> but he was old <laughs> and she was not in love with him. <laughs> So he created, by being so powerful, being a wise sage and a wise scholar, sage is the same person, um, being a scholar, he invented the, um, the recipe of Chavan Prash. He's the inventor of Chavan Prash. So he put it all together as a rejuvenative tonic for the body and started taking it. And it, re it rejuvenated him so that he became younger. He married the girl and they lived happily ever after. <laughs> So that's kind of story behind Chavan Prash. So from here you can derive which properties it has. It's it's one of the greatest immune tonics. It's got uh, 30 times the vitamin C, uh, C than an orange because it's based on a, on a, on a fruit called amla. Wow. 
um, which which has a lot of vitamin C. It's great for ladies, um, reproductive systems, things like fertility, blood pressure. It's rejuvenative, not therapeutic, but rejuvenative for the gut. And it's got a lot of other wonderful properties. And generally speaking, it's safe. Um, to take for for most people it's one of the greatest anti-aging so you can have it one teaspoon in the morning one teaspoon in the evening and so that's our one brush a very nourishing preparation and the similar quality preparation is Brahma preparation which is also very nourishing for immunity and reproductive system so it's wonderful for example for ladies um, going into all the years, possibly with hormonal changes in the older years, it's very nourishing and supportive for that. Amazing. So, yeah, these these herbs and preparations are generally speaking, if you're in any doubt, of course, it's best to seek professional advice. But they're generally speaking safe for you to take on your own as well. Fantastic. So, if people would, if people came to see you, you would be able to provide them with these products, right? Um, Definitely, I prescribe a lot of these products okay. um, alongside with um, looking at um, the, the quality of diet, lifestyle, and if needed, other preparations as well. Okay, beautiful. Well, Julia, thank you. You shared so many wonderful tips. And I'm sure that everyone who has watched this interview or listened to the interview He's going to be able to take some nuggets here and there. And so before we go, could you please share with us your website or Facebook page where people can find you? You can find me on my Facebook page. Um, and the Facebook page is Sunrise Ayurveda Australia. So get in touch with me through Facebook or you can email me directly, julia at sunriseayurveda.com.au or you can give me a call as well. Fantastic, beautiful. Well, and, and Julia also obviously gave us something to put in the virtual goodie bag, so you will be receiving that as well. So beautiful. Well, Julia, thank you so much. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your wisdom and for everything you share. Really appreciate it. And I want to thank all the audience as well. Thank you for joining us here today and for you know paying attention and learning and being open to, to new ideas, new concepts. So thanks again, everyone. I'll see you next time. Thank you. Thank you, Laura. Pleasure. Bye. Thank you for joining us for this episode. I hope that you enjoyed and learned immensely from today's speaker. If you would like, you can also download the speaker's giveaway from the description of this episode. You just need to click on the link provided there. Also, if you're enjoying the content of this podcast, I would love to invite you to leave us a review on any of the platforms that you are listening from. You can also reach me at laura, L-A-U-R-A, at theloveapproachproject.com and send me an email with any of your comments. I would love to hear from you. And so this is it. I will catch you next week. Thanks for joining us here once again. Bye-bye.